Welcome to the Cancelled Movie Report, the documentary podcast series that talks all about the best movies that Hollywood never made. My name is Camber and I'm your host, but I am not alone because joining me as always is actor and comedian Eden Porter. Hello, Cambo. Thank you for having me. Now, this is part two of a two-part Alien 3 series. So if you haven't listened to part one, make sure you do that first. But here's a quick recap. With religious colony, Archeon, population, 350 exiles, crime, political heresy. Um, it appears that these monks... They've cast aside all technology. They've, uh, they've sheathed the entire space station in wood. It's revealed that the this star that everyone's been looking at is actually an, an escape pod. Oh. There's danger here. It came with me. How long have I been here? Almost two days. Loose for two days? This planet could be overrun within the week. A chestburster appears, twitching in the carcass of the sheep. This has the characteristics of the animal in which it gestated. Then there is no choice. The evil is inside of you, and I cast you down. And she realizes there's someone else down there with her. There's another prisoner, Anthony. He's not actually a human. Oh, uh, he's not an android, is he? He's a bloody android. <laughs> there's he's one a, in every there's film. There's one in every alien film. It's a common thing. Then Brother John arrives, uh, begs Ripley for help. She basically tells it like all hell's breaking loose up there. They've got a mission now. Get to the technology room to find something to, to, to kill this animal. Now, let's get back into the film. We cut to the formerly idyllic landscape. It's been reduced to a scorched battlefield. Wooden huts leveled, small fires up everywhere. The thick air has smoke and ash all in it now. Monks swarm across the countryside like ants. They're, they're all holding scythes and pitchforks and hoes in their hands. A group of monks climb down a wooden hatch to an underground wheat field. Oh. Huge underground wheat field. Their faces filled with fear as they start to, to move cautiously into the wheat. The abbot is with them. He yells out, Stay together! Don't split up! Make sure you stay together! Then another moment, you can see something starting to move in the wheat. The wheat waves against the wind, <laughs> begins to ripple. A trail of flattened wheat begins to fall, making its way towards the monks, zigzagging left and right. The lead monk cries and then disappears beneath the surface of the long grass. The abbot yells, run, everybody run. The alien thrashes at each monk, catches them, pulls them down beneath the grass. Torches fall, ignite the wheat field. The field bursts into flames. The monks start flailing their weapons, hitting each other in the panic. The alien rises out of the grass in front of the other. Its long, smooth head is no longer black and slimy. It's golden like the wheat. The arms are covered in straw. It is adapted to its environment of wheat. It's sort of blending into its surroundings. The abbot looks up to this fire, like feel behind it as it, as it leans over him. The abbot turns and runs. Oh my god! So now that you might pick up sounds very reminiscent to a um, scene, yeah, from in the Lost World, the Lost World Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. Correct, correct. Stay out of the long grass. Yeah. Um, another which, awesome which scene. Which presumably this was written in what the early nineties. Yes. This is pre. Oh, this is pre that for sure. Hundred percent for sure. Um, another really cool alien scene. Yeah. The, the wheat field. The tail. You can just imagine yeah, the, the tail, tail going through yeah. and then just pulling them down the into monks. the monks. And I like the idea that they got size and so. So 
this whole field is now erupted in like fight. fight. How long yes. has this been? Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> I know it's all happening pretty quick, <laughs> isn't it? It's this really, alien is not messing around <laughs> because Ripley woke up like an hour ago in a hospital and admired the idyllic land, like Scape. landscape. And now it's a hellscape. There was one sheep alien, <laughs> a quick court case, a little toilet massacre, and then everything has gone. Hell has broken loose. Yeah, absolutely. It has literally broken loose. And I think that is- the- So they, they, they've got torches, I'm assuming, like like rag Pitch on force. fire. Yes. Yeah. So when they're falling, it's, it's lighting, lighting the wheat. That's know, Which cool. is pretty cool. Um, but it's interesting. I think you can really start to see now these religious overtones. It's gone from the- idyllic almost heaven-like people picking apples to stuff like that to now what is essentially hell, hell yeah with fire and brimstone which is i'm it's pretty cool it's it, it's, it is it's yeah, yeah. Cool. and again something that is present in the alien three that we did get there are the yep. in fact um they have ripley as the messiah figure yes. in that movie as well so i, I so i want to get around you said the alien had adapted to its environment yes now this is another question for cambo okay, okay. now this is totally new to the alien mythos. Yeah. Okay. This is a total curveball. They've always been black it's the, it's and the, shiny. It's the T-1000. Correct. Yeah, correct. <laughs> and now they've thrown this curveball. It's adapting to its environment. So it sounds like now they've added this element of yeah. sort of camouflage to it. So what? What? Like, talk to me about this, Kemba. Well, this is what I find interesting is the alien, the design of an alien is so iconic and so scary and the, the aliens that they're giving us are such odd choices. Yeah. They're giving us a sheep alien and now they're giving us a wheat alien. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what an odd thing to do. Because, at least to me, what what is the least scary thing in the world? Wheat. wheat. <laughs> and it's like, but what if there was an alien made, made of wheat? wheat? You know how kids don't like to eat their wheat picks? Thing is, like, like, tall grass, like greeny grass would have been... Quite cool. intimidating, yes. yeah. But wheat is such is an wheat. odd choice. This is wheat. You've got wheat bix. You've got like you've got cereal. I don't know. There's it's an it's an odd it's an odd it, thing. It is an odd choice. But I, how do I feel about that as a yes. concept? How do you feel about? It? So basically, they've added this camouflage, and it's not yeah. even just camouflage. It's sort of like almost it's because a, it said it had wheat like yeah, appendages yeah, yeah, almost, yeah. and and uh, like it's like the arms were like straw. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 interesting. I. Do you like it or hate it? At the moment, I don't know. <laughs> like, because potentially there is a cool scene to be made of that ability. But a, a wheat alien isn't it. Yes, but maybe it goes into a different environment. Well, and see, that, yeah. see, the potential of that, I'm quite excited about. Yes. Uh, like, what if it makes itself out of steel pipes that are shooting steam everywhere? That's classic <laughs> well, aliens. Yeah. You won't know what to believe then. <laughs> but, yeah, I am tentatively excited. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we'll see, we'll see where things uh, go from here. But how, how are you finding the journey so far? Um, I, I see the, the problems with Alien 3 are still somewhat here. Mm-hmm. But unlike the Alien 3 we did get, this has some really interesting, intense set pieces. I know. That's what I really like. The the biggest fault of Alien 3 and the biggest fault of any movie is that it's kind of boring. Mm. And uh, like it for a horror movie, it wasn't very scary. But there's so many scenes in this, uh, like the, 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 the bathroom massacre, the wheat field, that you can really picture 
exactly how that would have gone and they're interesting set pieces. But overall, I'm still seeing the same problems like they've just got rid of uh, Hicks and Newt straight away. Yep. And uh, yeah, so, so far, better than Alien 3, but still not yet like a, a, a forgotten classic. Yeah, okay. Okay, that's good to know. Well, let's uh, let's keep keep getting into it. So we're back with Ripley and Anthony and John. Yeah, they're climbing up the shafts towards the technology room because remember they've been locked deep down in the basement. Yep. Um, they're now heading down these narrow corridors, which is another hallmark of yes. the Alien <laughs> franchise. Yeah. Narrow wooden corridors yeah, this yeah. time. The, the, the Whalen Yutani Corporation hates a wide yeah, corridor. Yeah, they hate it. Yeah. Maximum six feet wide. <laughs> yeah, I know. I need Maximum. To claustrophobic. You could lie down in it just. <laughs> now they notice blood is dripping down the walls. Of it is. As they hear something coming, they flatten themselves against the walls into the darkness. Brother John waits there. Something gets closer and closer and closer. He jumps out and grabs the thing in front of him, which I'm not so sure is a great idea. Turns out it's not an alien at all. Is it's it a the, dog? No, it's the abbot. Oh, it's our good friend, the abbot, who course. ran away from the Because I'm concerned about where this dog is. Well, yeah, well, we'll have to check that is back in on the dog. Chekhov's dog. <laughs> For those unfamiliar with Chekhov's gun as a rule, if something is set up in the first act, it better come back by the third act. Let us let us hope that it does, my friend. <laughs> okay, well, let's check in and say, now they've just met up with the abbot and they're down in the corridors. Let's check in with them now. What are you doing down here, father? You look like you've seen something that doesn't exist. Uh, I, I was their spiritual leader. I was not prepared to lead them in battle. Not against that thing. No one could be. I thought you said the evil was inside me. That sealing me up was the answer to all your problems. destruction. This destruction that you have brought to us. I only tried to warn you. What are you doing with this woman? We are going to the technology room. Trying to find some way to fight this. Brother, you do not join the devil to fight the devil. She's helping us. Look who defends the deceiver. The one that is not even human. John, can you not see what is happening on ancient Earth? Many believed that God had abandoned them, so they flocked to the devil, hoping to save their bodies and losing their souls in the bargain. Father, we're all on the run from the same monster, so let's not resort to the fire and brimstone routine. I've been enlightened about your movement, huh? Pretty funny to be tried for hearsay on a planet of heretics. Please. The time for pretense is past. I was trying to keep you quiet. Sir? I do what I have to do to keep the Brotherhood in order. They all stopped believing in Earth a long time ago. How do you think they would feel if if told they were exiled in vain? That the nuclear holocaust that they had prepared for never came? Those men up there have learned to live with it. And with you as their leader. And you, you threatened that status quo. So you, protector of knowledge and truth, lied to them. Only about you. The rest I do still believe. If that Earth still orbits the sun, there is no way it could have survived barbarism. You're as bad as the company. Ripley. That's why you ran. After all your talk, death stared you in the face and you were afraid. Not of death. The alien. 
the organism. The devil. So this is a classic horror movie trope, isn't it? Yeah. The the it's it's almost a Dana Scully, if you will. You've <laughs> the, seen yeah. proof. Yeah. I don't know what yet, other proof you need, and yet your beliefs are such that you just cannot comprehend. It's it's interesting that they're spending a lot of time about this idea of religion uh, and technology and earth and yeah, stuff and like that. Yeah, and this idea that earth is no longer there. Yeah. Though, as we now find out, there's actually no proof of that. Yes. That's just what they believe. It can't possibly have survived. Yeah. So we just, we do not comprehend that it's still there. And it's sort of like the thing of like, well, you're trying to make the best of a bad situation. They're, they've, as monks, they're like, oh, well, we got away. We survived. When yeah. in fact, they're probably living a really terrible life. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems that arguing with him, it's it's akin to arguing with a flat earther <laughs> in, in a yes. sense. But this is a, there is an earther. You yeah. Know? It's, it's a, uh, a wooden earther. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a wooden earther. Um, and he's just refusing to see any other point of view whatsoever. Yeah. And uh, look- at the end of the day, I like this character building stuff. I think it's good. Oh, yeah, think, of course. I don't think you need to just have an alien running after people all the time. You need to have this. And this sort of story coming out about why they're trapped here and and, and what they did wrong and stuff like yeah. that, I think that's, that's really interesting. And especially with what's going on with... Um, global warming and, and stuff like that. Like that sort of tied it, yeah, into that. Yeah, it stayed quite relevant. Yeah, 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 which is really interesting. And I think, you know... Uh, you do get people that say, uh, especially a movie like Alien, uh, that, oh, it's kind of boring. They talk for so long. But mm. without that, you don't care yeah. what happens to them. 100%. And I think that that is the difference between a movie like that and a movie like the like the Fast and Furious franchise. <laughs> I don't know anything about any of those characters. <laughs> like, what do any of them do day to day? What do any of them believe apart from family? I don't it's know. It's all about La Familia. Yeah, yeah. So I think that that is the kind of difference. And that, to its credit, is something that the Alien franchise at least used to really, really rely on, is making you really care about the characters and then putting them through absolute hell. Yeah. And then they did Alien versus Predator. Yeah. And then Alien versus Predator <laughs> Requiem. Oh, my God. Let's get back to our heroes. The four companions now make their way through more corridors. And the abbot, of course, knows exactly where the technology room is and he agrees to take them there because they are under attack. Yeah, but she's got something plugged in there, like a phone charger or something. <laughs> or a lightsaber, man. <laughs> they turn a corner and they, they, they reach what the abbot tells them, oh, this is the final corridor to the technology room. The corridor is actually, it's candle lit all the way down. Of course. Anthony stops. Everyone sort of looks at him. Then he... Uh, puts his walking stick down on the ground. Snap. There's a man trap. And they notice oh. there's hundreds of man traps all along the floor. Oh, right? interesting. So good on you, Anthony. Android yeah, sensors, kicking goals there. Brother John, he takes a, a loose board. He rips it off the wall and uh, he's got that. And he uh, uses it to start. He starts poking the, the traps in front of him. So they're sort of making their way very slowly. Each one they hit, it snaps shut in yeah, front of them. It's like a minefield of man traps. Yeah, correct. Yeah, exactly right. So everyone then follows Brother John's lead. They all start grabbing bits of wood and they start like springing the traps in front of them as they make their way towards the final door at the end of this long corridor. Ripley, John and the Abbot, they, they all manage to get all the way to the door, but it's locked. Ripley then finds, an, just to the side of the door, an old primitive keyboard. 
she starts sort of looking at it and typing a few buttons and surprisingly it comes to life the same time that she's looking at that anthony again senses something behind him and the wooden wall begins to move slightly the alien has now adapted itself to look like wood. wood. Oh no, that's the one thing on this planet. It's their weakness. It's the one thing, oh, no. it's the one thing that's everywhere. <laughs> Anthony steps back in horror. Not that an android can really feel horror or anything like that, but he steps back. His best assumption of horror. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I'm just trying to mimic the humans. Uh, but as he walks backwards, snap goes a bear trap on his leg. His leg oh. starts pouring out the Why? Blood. Why was he programmed to feel pain? <laughs> yeah. The alien then grabs grabs his arms. Yeah, so it's grabbed. So he's got a foot yeah. in a bear trap yeah. and he's grabbed both of um, Anthony's arms. John then turns around seeing Anthony's predicament. He runs over, starts running over towards, towards Anthony. Be careful. Um, as he's running, he's sort of slightly knocking traps and things like that and they're sort of flying off in either direction. Um, they start snapping sort of around him. The alien spits acidy blood onto Anthony's face and it starts to bubble and melt into that white sort of alien. Yeah, that um, weird paste. Paste that they have, yeah. <laughs> John then gets to him. He begins to hit the alien with his piece of wood that he's got. Um, its tail wraps... Use the wood to destroy the wood. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's wood's one weakness. <laughs> so then the alien's tail rips around and just actually coils around brother John's waist lifts him up into the air and dangles him upside down towards its mouth so we've got Anthony's being held in front of him with acid on his face and brother John is now wrapped up in the alien tail dangling upside down down. it then slowly starts to open its jaw and extend the classic inner mouth out starts snapping right in front of brother John's face brother John reaches down just before the mouth gets within striking distance and he grabs a trap in his hand <laughs> and brings it up to snap on the alien's yes. extended mouth. Yes, which great. Is awesome. Great. It bellows and thrashes about with more traps are suddenly going off all around it. So it's starting to roll around, traps are going off. It drops, it br- drops Brother John on the ground. Ripley opens the door finally, yells at everyone, get inside, get inside. Anthony's been dropped to the ground. John grabs what's left of him after his melted face, picks him up, slowly starts pulling them all towards the door. The alien crashing about, just traps going off everywhere. It starts to clamber towards them. Just as they get inside, Ripley hits the panel and the door slowly starts closing. The alien's getting faster and faster towards them and slam. The door closes with the alien thrashing about on the other side. that's not a door, it's moving. (laughs) adapted itself to look like a door. <laughs> so that's pr- another that, pretty yeah. cool intense Another setting. great set piece. I know. Another screenwriting trope that I love, which is the frantic person typing. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to open this door. You've got to hack it. As all of that's happening, it keeps cutting back to yep. the intense music and the finger, the close up of the fingers typing. The abbot's next to it going, come on, you hurry You see up. like a little loading screen moving <laughs> along. Exactly. Um, that's great. I, I love the idea that, you can't really run in that scene because there's man traps, traps everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. So you like everything you're doing is more and more danger. Yeah. And I love using again, they don't have guns, they don't have all this stuff, but using the 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 bear trap yeah. on 
The mouth. The mouth. Yeah, it's great. Very That's good. Great. <laughs> Very good. I See, like that. See, that is where I wasn't sure of the cloaking idea in the wheat. Yeah. But the wooden panels, panel fantastic. Would be cool. yeah. you, you can picture that shot behind someone's head. The panel just slides off to the side and you're like, oh, yeah, it's God. Oh it's, oh, it's done him in. And this this is interesting because it has kind of gone, as I guess the, the alien through that we did get, did as well, to the, it's not a swarm of aliens. It's it's a monster in the house. Yes, yes it's, correct. It's one that's picking people off bit by bit. Mm. And there's something kind of creepy about the idea. It's like you never know if it's there. Yeah, you, it could be anywhere. Yeah, it could literally be anywhere. But the the other idea is that that it sort of changed the mythos again a little bit because it's there's no face hugger. There's no reference of this. So it's it, well, yeah. Because I guess one of my questions is. There was an alien on the, the pod, but there must have been two aliens on the pod yeah. because one of them became the sheep, which did seem like a face hugger because it had the, the slime. Yeah. But where is this second alien come from? Yeah. Well, I actually think that, again, I, I think they've taken a little bit of liberty with the mythos yeah. as well. And I think in the same way that they've added this camouflaging thing, I think they've also tried to do away with the face hugger element of it and the need to, okay, well, we have to have an egg and we have to do this. It yeah. almost seems like they've gone like, you know what? There's just aliens and they just, yeah, which, which is here. interesting because that is very much what the first few sequels did is it would add and change the myth. And, and, you know, just like aliens is not particularly that much like alien but then the newer films, uh, you've got Prometheus and Alien Covenant, mm. are so reliant on all the touchstones that you do remember yeah. that there's nothing particularly inventive about them. Like uh, it, it is all, oh, I remember yeah, now oh, the face hug is coming. Yeah. Oh, now it's going to have a chest bursting moment. Oh, yeah, great. But I, I think there's something in actually evolving yeah. a franchise as well. So I'm actually, even though it's weird to have an alien film without a face hugger, I didn't necessarily miss, miss it. it. Yeah, in fact, I didn't true. even notice it wasn't in there until, until you yeah. pointed it out. And I think the other thing that, like, obviously in the first one, they have the face huggers and it's thing, but they don't talk about a queen in the first one. They no. don't talk about anything. It's just this is this weird life cycle that it, this thing has. Yeah. And then it's only until they, you get to aliens that they in, that James Cameron introduces the idea of there's a queen that lays eggs and they're like a hive mind. They're a lot yeah. more like insects. And then this in itself is maybe this is taking a different direction. Maybe it's like, oh, well, there's something else going on here as well. Yeah, and they seem to be like hunters in this. Mm. Like it is camouflaging itself. Yes. It's picking people off one by one. And in fact, it wasn't until Predator 2 that we realized that the alien and Predator universe this were combined. Is, yeah. <laughs> well, this is true. This is very true. And who introduced this? Danny Glover. <laughs> okay, well, let's just let's, uh, let's get back to our guys. And um, they're now safely in the technology room. Safely in uh, air quotes. And- yeah. Um, well, it's technology. It's the root of all evil. Well, this is true. This is true. So they they finally made it to the technology room, but in fact, it contains nothing but more wood. They look around and it like, can turn into wood. We yeah, know yeah. that. <laughs> so it's like, what? What's going? What's happening? And they look out, and the only piece of technology in there is giant cloth windmills. So oh. it's covered in these giant windmills that actually circulate the station's air and move about the water. Do you see what you've delivered us into? Yeah. Lead me not into temptation to kick your... Oh, oh shit. Where is the big boy? On the other side of that door. 
waiting for us to starve to death. It's playing with us. It could get in here any time it wants. And why would he enter? He knows one of the people in this room is in league with him. Sir, we are all in the same coral, so to speak. Maybe more than one of us. Let's talk about the facts, Mr. Abbott. This is your technology? Even... Even this is forbidden to us. Well, then, the facts are that we're screwed. An ecosystem. Nothing to recycle your atmosphere except the green plants. Winds generated down here. Windmills use the natural surface winds to turn wills underground. Create tides on the seas to recirculate your water. More than that. There are pumps beneath the floor. I can feel their vibration. Probably pumping this air through charcoal filters. Ugh. It gets colder all the time here, right? Yes. Your wood-burning fires throw soot into the atmosphere, building the cloud layer, cutting off the sun's rays, cooling the planet, forcing you to burn more wood. The greenhouse effect. It's how the Earth almost destroyed itself in the late 20th century. Don't you see? This is a planet set to self-destruct, not in ten minutes or two hours, but soon. Your atmosphere is finite. If the planets die, the fires will eat up all the oxygen. This planetoid will be dead. Everyone will die. I was just hoping I would be dead. Long before it came to this. What? We are supposed to die here. That was the point. Wait a minute. You were exiled? The punishment for our crime was death. This planet is a, a supreme triumph of the planned obsolescence. A certain amount of uh, primitive materials with an atmosphere uh, processing system as um, fragile as the real environment, but not replenishable. Poetic justice for the anti-technologists. The company's best work. You know, I used to be a corporate executive. A middle-range VP. And then my wife got hit by a speedcraft, and I chucked it all, and I joined the Order. Become a monk. See the world. Being here. Being chairman of the board. No. Now I understand why I landed here. To join you happy lunatics in your debts. Ripley, wait. Where can she go? She's trapped. Trapped inside her own prison. Prison of her mind. Inside her mind. Dancing. Sprinkles like dance with the June bugs in the recesses of my mind. Suddenly, a xenomorph bursts from the abbot's head. He sent him to us. That bastard outside. I, I, uh, I can't get away from him. He's fucking with my mind. He's my punishment. I'm confused. Before you said it came out of the torso, not the head. I don't feel like a discussion of alien biology. Ripley, don't! I should just wait for the air to run out. I believe. I know. I know I know that we can win. There is... There is answers in the books. Your books? Your books are gone, brother. Your world is gone. Once that thing starts to lay its eggs, all your brothers, if they aren't already, are dead. If that's true, then all of us, the books... Uh, consigned to ashes. Ripley? What? There are several inconsistencies between this and the other aliens you described. 
Give it up. I think this is important. This may help us fight it. The creature that I fought in the hall when I first saw it, it had camouflaged itself to look like wood. Wood? When I saw it in my room, it looked the way it did before. Black. Mechanical. Unless that was a dream. I don't think it was. I think that this creature, if it is the uh, efficient predator that you say, has the ability to uh, somewhat adapt to its environment. Then the reason they've always looked the same to me is that I only ever saw them in the same environment. Or this may have been an yet unseen stage of development. Um, you saw a queen. Uh, this could be a uh, like a, a king ant, more highly advanced than the drone, um, bred for survival. How does this explain the thing that came out of the used chest? The, the abbot's head! Maybe it can deposit different types of eggs. The, the chest burster is probably dormant until the host eats. The first one I ever saw came out of Cain after he started to eat. No. No what? No. We're not beat yet, father. Brother. Brother. Not yet. If he's taunting me, then maybe we can use that. We can beat this bastard. We can get to my ship. We can live. Okay. <laughs> A lot to unpack there. there. So, to be clear. Okay, yes. Go for Abbott's it. Abbott's head exploded <laughs> with an alien. Yes. Oh, with, great. When he starts talking gibberish. Yeah. His brain literally oh explodes. <laughs> Right, and presumably he was somehow infected in his wheat field. Yes, in yeah, that's what's implied. Right. Yeah, yeah, and then wow. and then it's implied that the alien then let him go to like chase Ripley and stuff and join up with them. And yeah, then, yeah. yeah, a very be a um, sleeper agent, a very uh, like explanation heavy segment yes. there as well. Yeah, very bit like an expedition dump there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, even explaining the theory of why these aliens are different to the other aliens. Well, th- yeah, and that's what we sort of touched on before. It is this idea of, oh, yeah, well, they probably, these ones maybe don't need facehuggers and yeah. he can just impregnate people other ways and in they're fact, a different the, type. The analogy of the ants is quite helpful yeah. because as soon as he said, well, you know, there's a fire ant, there's a queen ant, yeah. you go, oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, there's, yeah. <laughs> they're ants, they're different ants. But what, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? Okay, so this is in, in screenwriting terms what's called the dark night of the soul. Mm. All hope seemingly lost. They're trapped with an alien outside. Now, if I know my screenwriting tropes, and I think I do, they're about to develop a last-ditch plan to get off the planet. Correct. Uh, yes. You've nailed it. You've nailed it, Cambo. <laughs> so I think they've been. I think the one thing that we've missed is a really cool, like we've had the sheep alien yep. scene, but having that the person with the chest burst is yes. that sort of classic thing. And I think coming out of the head, they've done something a little bit different with that. It, it is the classic up the ante. You know what's what's called yep. on a chest a head. Yep, exactly. <laughs> burst exactly. out the head. Yeah, and, and I'm imagining like a racer head style. Explosion yes, of that's head. exactly what I was thinking as well. Just bleh, all over the place. Um, and yeah, the abbot. We didn't really like the abbot anyway. So no, he, no, he's he, a bit of a, yeah. a wooden earther. He was there. <laughs> he was there only to frustrate and then die. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Correct, which is good. Um, so he served his purpose. Yes. So good, good on you, abbot. Good on you, abbot. Um, do you have any questions, Camo? At this point, because we're getting we're getting to the sort of the final act now. Yes. Yeah, so I, I, I'm assuming that the pod may play another a role. Um, to try and fix it. I'm still wondering where the dog is. Yes, don't uh, worry. Don't okay. worry about old Matthias. <laughs> They've set old Matthias up and he hasn't <laughs> paid off yet. But no, I, I'm just interested to know because it does seem they're in dire straits 
how they're going to get off. Ripley and Brother John elect to make it for the Seleco escape pod. So Brother John knows where they've boarded it up in the shed yep. or the barn. They raised that barn, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and they've gone, you know, if we can get there, Ripley says, if we can get there, I can get us off, off this station. Great. However, Anthony, he's a shell of his former android self. He's falling apart. He's got acid on his face. He's forced to stay behind due to his damage. Um, he's hanging apart. So he's not going to be any help. He can barely walk. Um, after they decide, they go, okay, we're going to make make out for this. We're going to leave. They leave. And as, as they leave and get out of there, there's just Anthony sort of sitting underneath a windmill, sort of guts hanging out, sort of face sort of hanging off. And then just from the side of the windmill, disguised as the windmill itself, <laughs> comes our alien friend yeah, yeah, who claws apart Anthony, destroying the android once and for all. Great. Great visual. Yeah, good. Really good. Really good. Um, Ripley and Brother John, they obviously don't see this. They've, they've moved on now. They've come to a large underground lake area. Okay. Yeah. They take a small boat and uh, they start to, to row their way across. Then we have a shot from above of them rowing over the lake where we see ripples in the water behind them as the alien, the shadow of the alien, you can see them swimming underneath their boat, silently stalking them, (laughs) which is another very cool visual and something that they do in Alien Resurrection as well. It is, yeah. It's almost like a a crocodile. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The way that it's very silently stalking its Yeah. Heaven has become hell as they reach the surface. They pop out on the surface. Fire and bodies are everywhere. Eventually, Ripley and Brother John, they start making their way towards the library. They're literally walking through this, this fire and brimstone sort of stuff. They uh, get to the, the library, which is just below the escape pod. They've actually hoisted the escape pod into the, the sort of the, the wooden area of the top of the library. Oh, the wooden area. Yeah, they've, yeah. Bar- <laughs> they've, they've barred it up um, with wood to make it look like a barn. So it's all locked in there. Brother John starts collecting up books from the library because he, he loves his books, yeah, mate. Love he it. loves his books. Um, he starts grabbing them off the ground, sort of saying like, look, we need to protect these books. The fires are outside and everything like that. And as he's bending down, as he bends down to collect the book, what do you think's revealed behind him in the doorway? I want to say a big xenomorph head. Oh, yes, Gambo. <laughs> a big xenomorph head's in there. Uh, Made of what books? <laughs> yeah, disguised exactly. Not a bookshelf. Like, oh my god! It's a giant, like Little Women books coming towards us. Um, it's looking worse for wear, though. Because remember, its face is half torn off. Yeah. It's missing its inner jaw. Um, it's it's got the acid blood sort of coming down. It's a, it's half of its foot is actually missing as well from wow. another a bear trap as well. So it's looking wow. pretty dire. So it's, it doesn't have its same sort of speedy stuff. It's, yeah, it's kind of hobbling. Think of like Terminator, you yeah, know, when it's yeah, like sure. it's sort of crawling along yeah, after right. it. So it starts sort of it starts making its way into it. It's, it's half of its tongue is hanging out of its mouth. Parts of it still look like wood. Parts of it look ah. like wheat. Parts of it look like sort of the windmill. Like it's sort of, again, Terminator. You know yeah. when the T-1000 starts morphing between different things? Yeah. That's what I'm getting from this. It's sort of half camouflaged yeah, right. for everything. It's sort of malfunctioning. Um. It's still got Anthony's waterlogged limp body <laughs> in one of its hands. Now he's just taunting <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, massively. Um, he's holding it. He then pops off Anthony's head like a grape from the bread, <laughs> serving no more purpose than to just freak him out. <laughs> like, like I can imagine he does that. They all scream. He's like, 
imagine what I'm going to do to you, see? And <laughs> <laughs> tosses the corpse at Ribley's yeah, feet. Great. Yeah. I liked it. In the original Alien, it was just kind of a senseless beast, but this one is vindictive. It does feel like it's got maybe it's got I don't know maybe it's got some sheep DNA in it, it as well. It's, it's, I don't know. It's similar smarter. to the arc, I guess, of the Jaws movies. Oh yeah, where in the first movie it was a shark, <laughs> shark. but by the time the fourth movie came around, the shark was after vengeance. Yeah, it was literally <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jaws, the, the revenge. revenge. <laughs> So in this one, it's now like this lady. I swear to God, man! Look, look what I've done to your mate. Yeah. Now piss off. Here he is, chuck him over there. Now, in this commotion, obviously the aliens crawling across to uh, to Ripley and brother John. Ripley starts backing up against the wall. She looks around. She's got books all behind her. She can't get out. This could be the end for Ripley. Mm. Looks like there's no way out. Yeah, unless she John Wick chapter threes it. Uses well, the books as weapons. That would be one thing, but what, what would be another thing that could happen that could save the day right now? Chekhov's dog. That maybe Chekhov's got dog. established at the start oh. of the film. Oh, what a good boy. That's right. Matthias <laughs> jumps out of the darkness <laughs> and grabs onto the alien's <laughs> good leg, starts barking and nipping at the alien, giving Ripley a chance to charge at the alien. Picks up on her way over. She picks up one of the uh, the poles that's sitting on for a bit again and just shafts it straight into yeah, the alien as Matthias is biting its legs. Its acid blood starts to flow from the wound. It hits the ground and and, and it actually causes the uh, the floor to burst yeah. into flames because of the acid. So of it starts it starts more fire. As they struggle, all all three of them are struggling on the ground. Uh, the floor itself becomes weakened and cracks and then shatters and they fall down. And what's below the library? Well, of course, it's the glassworks area. Oh, no. So we're down in the glassworks now. John has also fallen through. So John is hanging one-handed over the molten glass. So he's, he's literally hanging above the molten lava below with oh one God. hand. Ripley is hanging onto the ledge of the broken floor from up top and the xenomorph falls as it's just sort of holding on to some of the, the wood on the side, dangling over the molten glass. Yeah? Everyone's flailing. Matthias is barking, everything. And then they look across and the alien loses its grip on the bit of wood and falls down into the molten glass below. Into the lava, starts bobbling and sinks underneath the thousand degree liquid. Ripley drags herself back up to the top of the wood. She then leans over grabs John's hand and pulls him up. In all great horror films, just when you think things are over, it's never over because suddenly the alien jumps through the surface of the molten glass, lands on the ground. The alien is now a a, a sort of pulsating lava-like camouflage here. It's dripping with molten glass all around it. John yells out to Ripley to pull the lever next to her. She blindly reaches out with her hand, grabs the lever, and starts to to pull, pull, and it's just stuck. It's just stuck. The alien's walking the lava, this glass. She pulls it. She pulls it, and then it cracks open, which releases a huge vat of water that's used to cool the glass. It then pierces down flows and lands on top of the alien as it howls and screeches as it flails about. The molten glass instantly cools and it explodes into a million pieces. Yeah, classic. That's a classic. Classic. Which is 
what ends up inevitably happening in Alien, Alien 3. Which as is exactly does the, the third act takes place above vats of molten, molten lava. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So then Ripley, Brother John and Matthias the dog. Yeah, great. They get they then they gather all their thoughts together. The places, the library's on fire. They, they grab it and they start making their way up to the escape pod. But as they prepare to leave, Ripley realizes something. She feels a pain oh, no. in her own chest. Something moving about inside her own chest. She realizes there's a chest burster inside her. She prepares to send Brother John away. Says, No, you're going to be the one that survives. You're going to go on the escape vehicle. Leave me. I'm going to die here. She's like, I will die here. I'll kill this alien. However, Brother John, he refuses this. He's a, he's a man of medicine. So he runs back into the fire, right? And he's, and he's looking for some books. Right. <laughs> of course. Of he's course. looking for some books and he finds, he finds one about exorcism. How to get an alien out of a woman without killing her. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, volume two. Oh, no. <laughs> damn it. I need the original. <laughs> so he finds his book about exorcism and he brings it out. Of so Ripley is now writhing in pain. And right. I think the only thing saving her is that she hasn't eaten yet. Of course. So that hasn't initiated the, yeah. the, the bursting of the chest. So he's doing an exorcism. Yeah. So she's now lying outside the escape pod. He's, he's there next to her and he's looking at this thing and he, he's basically... Okay, what do we have to do? It's the spirit is inside her, the evil spirit. We need to get it out, get it out of her. So he puts together some like herbs or whatever he's got with him in his little medical pouch. And he starts to sort of pour them into her into her mouth. And then he starts to, to beat on her chest and starts massaging her chest oh, upwards. Oh no. He's yeah. doing the Heimlich. Yeah. Then he reaches down with his vase and he starts sucking. He basically starts giving her mouth to mouth. So he starts sucking <laughs> the air out of her, massaging her chest. And slowly the chest burster <laughs> starts to crawl up out of her throat <laughs> and down his own gullet oh. as he then takes the chest burster into his own <laughs> mouth, saving her and impregnating himself. Condemned to death, Brother John then pushes Ripley into the escape pod, walks into the fire raging across the surface of Archeon, killing himself in the fire as the infant xenomorph burns alive inside him. After watching his sacrifice, Ripley then heads into the escape pod, types in some coordinates and sets herself down to go into hypersleep. When Matthias the dog jumps up to her side and nestles in between her as the door closes and the escape pod shoots off. Interesting. The the evolution, because in the end of Alien, she leaves with a cat. But by the end of Alien 3, it's upgraded to a dog. Yeah. And what do you think would be the number one thing yelled out at the end of that film? It's in the dog. <laughs> because it's definitely in the it's dog de now. It's definitely it's in the dog. It's definitely in the dog. Yeah, definitely. That is a too perfect sum up of the alien is now in the dog. Yeah. And it sets up the next adventure, which is she then crashes somewhere else. Because really, you could look at this as a setting up for another film where it's like, okay, now the where's the escape pod going to crash this time? Okay, it's going to crash here. And then the dog is going to yeah. have the alien and she's going to have another yeah. adventure. 
Because every time she leaves somewhere, there's one thing yeah. in the pot. There's always her. one thing. <laughs> there's always one thing. And that, of course, is how Alien 3 finishes. Wow. And, yeah, so the ending is uh, kind of similar. Uh, although I do know of the Alien 3 that we did get, the David Fincher-directed one, uh, one of the, the parts in Sigourney Weaver's contract is she wanted to die in the movie. Yes. which Because uh, she said she felt like Ripley was actually preventing the franchise from, from doing other stuff. Yeah. Which, to be fair, she kind of was. Because yeah. <laughs> it's, again, it got it's the same to thing. Her. She yeah. lands what was in the pod. Okay, the alien was there. That's yep. why the aliens are there. Uh, so in Alien 3, I suppose spoilers if you've never seen it, but she throws herself into the vat of yes. acid. Uh, but in this one... Uh, Interestingly changed where the brother John sacrifices himself. Which I don't mind. No, I don't mind either. I, I don't mind that either. Um, and it's sort of it because it's at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, this franchise is a Ripley franchise. Yeah. I like the idea. So it's sort of alluding to the fact that somewhere when she was like first brought in there, the alien found her, impregnated her, left her. And it was like, ha this will be funny. <laughs> Prank. <laughs> Prank. Prank one to the alien. Um, and, yeah, it definitely sounds like so this alien can just impregnate people. Yeah, himself. just shooting them off left, yeah. right and centre. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. one in a sheep. There's one over the, yeah. Yeah, there's the yeah, but copped one and stuff yeah. like that. So that was interesting in itself. I, The whole idea of the exorcism is cool. sort of cool. Like it's sort of interesting. It's, it's, it's a bit dumb that he kisses it out of her. Like, yeah. Uh, but... See, I was expecting like there's there's an opening scene in the movie Constantine where yep. he's like pushing someone on the ground, Bible in the hand, belting out these commands to leave. That's I was expecting yeah. that full well, kind of exorcism. I, I'm sure you could do sort of something like that, yeah. and I, and maybe remember this is just this is a draft. This is yeah, of sort of where they were first at. I I sort of. I really like that idea of the heaven, the hell, the exorcism of the devil out of the angel and mm -hmm. that, you, like the power of Christ compels you sort yeah. of stuff. I really like that aspect. There's a couple of other things that um, we are just sort of glossed over that you might be interested in in terms of scenes. There's a couple more dream sequences. Oh, so that, she's, she's constantly dreaming of the alien. Yes. Um, there's probably one. Probably because it's inside of her. Probably. She's got a connection to it now. Um, there is one of them where the alien tries to kiss her. <laughs> Yep. No, it doesn't. Which is very, again, the, reminiscent of the of just imagine the uh, the raptor in Jurassic Park three that talks. Alan, Alan, <laughs> <laughs> like that's what I'm imagining. Ripley, the alien does not try and kiss Ripley. Yes. Like what? What does it do body language wise to imply? Well, I don't know because in, the, the in famous the one, shot yes. of the third one is the alien right, right. near her face and not and, killing her. Yeah. And I guess it's implying that in this one it just lingers a little bit too long and she's like, no, no, no. No, thank you. No, thank you. I've got a couple more images here. There's another scene that they didn't really flesh out as much, but it's actually in the library and you can see the alien actually killing a bunch of monks in the library. It's during part of the the craziness scene where it kills everyone. There's actually- I'm loving these robes as well. Yeah, the robes are great. But the idea that the library is on like these sort of lifts that you pull up with rope. Yeah, they're almost like little swings that you stand on that you pull up. Yeah, it looks sort of cool. And imagine the alien clambering up the books and jumping on them and killing them as well, which is another cool sort of scene. It's a really cool image. And it's interesting that all of the concept art is like that black and white etched style of concept concept art as well. Yes. Yeah. Like even the concept art is kind of old fashioned in that way. In you itself. Know? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And 
There's a couple more things that I just want to go yeah, over well, with you guys. Absolutely. Um, so obviously a lot of similarities between David Finch's Alien 3. Um, a lot of the character archetypes are still the same. This one we have the Abbott. We have Warden Andrews yes, in Alien yep. 3. Um, Brother John is very similar to the medical officer, um, Clemens. Yeah, Ch- Charles Dance. Yeah, yeah, Charles Dance. He's played by Charles Dance. And they're both men of medicine and yes, they sort yeah, of help yep. her out and everything like that. Um the fact that both are sort of on a prisony planet. Yes, like that's the, the uh, David Fincher Alien Three, much more of a prison, prison planet. planet. This yes. is like a secret prison planet. Yeah, which I sort of find more interesting. But I think, in, in at the end of the day, what really killed this film was how expensive it was going to be to oh, make yeah. these wooden sets. Yeah, the, everything had to be built like purely for this. So the the costs were astronomical. So you can see how at the end of the day they just went, oh, we'll just do it in like a Yeah, because I feel like place. for an alien film, you could go down to an old steel mill or something like that and you've yeah, got enough yeah. metallic pipes and whatever to, yeah, to, to make do, an alien film. But to, to actually build everything in wood, it would yeah. be amazingly cool looking. And especially because not just build everything out of wood, but it needs to be art designed to look kind of medieval. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like like everything looks a bit like an inn or the, the innards yeah, of a yeah, castle. Cavern sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, other similarities is sort of Ripley having the chest burster yep. inside her for yep. the whole film. Um, although this one she survives as opposed to yes, dying and in the, in the uh, Alien Three that did come out, it's revealed quite early in the film. Yeah, she, that finds she it. has it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, the way that Xenomorph dies is very similar with the yep, lava, that's with the true. molten, and, and even exploding. Yes, exactly the same. Um, but I do think I do think the coolest thing about this particular Alien film is the setting. Yes. Is the wooden planet setting and this nature of um, taking it into a more religious because when you when you purely compare this to the first and second one, this is again a different take. Yeah. It's it's going full into the religious aspects of it. And the idea that almost Ripley is this sort of angel from heaven that comes down, but it brings the devil with them and things like and plays with those ideas. And I think that's that's a really interesting world that they've built. Um, and they did a lot of work with the, and they spent a lot of time with the whole idea that this, why these people are on this planet, and this planet, it's it's got a greenhouse effect, and it's going to die, and so uh-huh. like, there's quite a lot of that. Yeah, which there is, really is. Yeah. It's not just, oh, how are we going to kill the alien? How are we going to kill the alien? They've actually put a lot of other thought into this world building. This this is what I kind of think. I think the, the you're right. The world building in this is really cool. Mm. Uh, the, not in fact, not just cool, but really interesting. Like it's a really interesting idea, and it kind of says a lot about like even just the destructive nature of human beings. That everything that they're doing is still causing some kind of damage, even though they're trying to be as you know environmentally savvy as they can yeah, and stuff correct. like that. That's all really interesting, and the set pieces are far better in this than they so were in Alien Three. Cooler. But the basic story is still, like I said earlier, still has those problems that Alien 3 had and continued to have all the way up into production where I feel like it's got such a great setting, such a cool visual element and such great set pieces, but it is bolstered together with a pretty standard story. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's a, yeah. it's a pretty basic story. But Ward has to be credited. I, I, know, I know number three... Um, did go in a little bit of a different direction. But a lot of his ideas yeah. that he came up with in this live on. So he came up with the idea of having 
Ripley have the the chest burster inside her and stuff. She he came up with the prism sort of planet idea, and you can see how it got changed. But at the end of the day, a lot of that DNA is yeah, there. Yeah, came from him. And it and it, at the end of the day, it is sort of watered down. They've got rid of sort of the really cool yeah fun aspects of that, it. Like I said, the the plot might be basic, but everything else around it was really interesting. And they took all of the interesting and just kept the basic. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah, which is which, which again strikes me as like interference because famously, um, David Fincher has said that it was the worst experience of his life working yeah. on Alien Three. They didn't have a complete script when they were filming yeah. it. That yeah, and um, Fox apparently was very much in his ear the entire time saying, "Hey, you got to change this. You got to do this." And being coming from, he'd done music videos, he'd done like short things and stuff like that to have a big studio film, and then he was like, "Oh, okay. Well, they obviously know what they yeah. want." And it, he vowed after that, he's like, you know what? I'm not going to listen to studio heads. I'm going to make my own films and I'm going to do that moving forward. And so this really solidified him as good filmmaker because he didn't want to be put in this situation and again. And kind of like an auteur, like what yeah, he says goes. Exactly. And this this experience of making Alien 3, the actual real Alien 3, forged him into the kind of um, uh, director that he is today. Yeah, interesting. It was like the trial by fire that he went through to yeah. become the David Fincher that, that we have today. So I've got... I've got one point and one question. Hit me. My point is this one, if it's lacking anything, it's lacking a cool basketball scene, which, <laughs> which is present in the end because she, if you remember correctly, throws it casually over her shoulder sort of. and gets it straight in. Yeah, this is true. This yep. is true. It was missing um, that. But the real question is Alien 3 had Ripley shaved head, but yeah. I'm imagining in this actually – Frizzy hair. Yeah, this is we're, full ta- frizz. we're talking the full frizz. Yep, which this is in frizz. the '90s was quite a look, and I hope that they would have. They, I hope they didn't update her hair at all. I hope they didn't modernize it in any way. I want the '70s frizz. <laughs> well, that- when you think about it, that, was. Her shaving her head, that was pretty big Yeah, at the time. I mean, so was her paycheck. To be fair. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, so, end of the day. What are, you, what are your final thoughts on Alien 3? Do I want to see it? Do you want to see Vincent Ward's Alien 3? You know what? I think even though it has the problems of Alien 3, it is a better version. I so completely agree. in continuity of the franchise, if this replaced Alien 3, I actually think it's better. Yes. Um, it's still not as good as the other two that pre- like preceded it. Um, but the set pieces are great. The setting's really interesting and the ideas are quite compelling. Mm. It has its flaws, certainly, but I think it's it's an improvement over what we actually got. And you can see the ideas that were there that did get watered down and become the yeah. most basic fundamental <laughs> version of them. The other thing I like, even um, Anthony, I know it didn't really go much into him as the android, but his fascination with the xenomorph could sort of be, you could play that into what David became in Prometheus. That's, that's that true. idea of like, oh, yeah. no, I really respect it as an organism and I'm really interested in it. And there's, there's, there's just hints of that sort of mentality for he really respects it as yeah, a, as yeah, a, as yeah. An that, that, that's kind of interesting. It's like he doesn't judge it based on its actions or anything like that because he doesn't really have those core emotions to relate to it. So he just sees it as an organism and it's something that's quite interesting. So you're the same though. You want to see this film. Oh, definitely. I would have loved to have seen this film in, in lieu of Alien 3. But I think the best scene in Alien 3 is the corridor chasing where they're trying to lock it in the, yeah, with the, with, with the good the, blue screen. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but the POV nature of that yes. looks really cool. Yeah. Um, but then another thing that Alien Three is really famous for is its terrible CGI. Yeah. It's it looks it has dated so badly. Yeah. If you watch because it again. The, the thing is, they filmed a lot of it on plates, so they could 
like comp it into a scene. So they filmed it on a, on a blue screen, then they comped it in the screen. But because it was very early in that process, mm. technology wise, they didn't blend it at all. So <laughs> where everything is it, dark and moody on the set, this alien has no contrast. Yeah, has no yeah, shadow. It has true. nothing like that. So it sticks out as an element that shouldn't be there. And it's crazy because alien. Aliens and Alien look so good because yeah. they play with the technology that they have and they make it work. Well, interestingly, the original Alien, the reason it is so little seen is because it didn't look very good. <laughs> yes. So they put it in shadow so yes. much that actually it's, it's the same thing happened with Jaws. Yeah. The shark Bruce didn't is- work, so they had to imply the shark. And because of that, what is in your head is so much scarier than anything anyone can actually imagine because you put all of your worst fears into it. Yeah. And for that reason, the limitation of the alien not looking that great and having to film in shadow really worked. Whereas in Alien 3... They thought, well, we've got the design now. We'll shoot on this blue screen. Yeah. It'll be fine. And it and kind it was of wasn't. It's kind of weightless. Yeah. Um, and I think the only way for the Alien franchise to go after this would be to go to the zoo planet. The zoo planet. Go to the zoo planet, have an egg on display as like, hey, this is a an alien egg. Yes. Now, you asked me earlier what animals I would like to see. Yes. I said Megalodon. Yes. But there, there is the sequel. Alien goes to the zoo. Yeah. <laughs> alien goes to the zoo. Yes. And and what it what it, I think what it should become is there's several eggs I think. Yep. And they implant different animals. Yep. And then each of those alien infested animals fight one another that, until you realize what the ultimate mix is. That you're talking about my dream film right yeah. now. <laughs> so one becomes a wolf, one becomes an ape. Yeah. They fight. They fight. Yeah. <laughs> and you know you know who also is imagine okay, what it so it's an aliens okay, so the predators have a zoo. Great. Right? Yeah. So the predators have a zoo. Yeah. Ripley's in one cage, Arnie's in another cage, great, great. and then you've got the alien <laughs> egg, and then it impregnates all the different monsters. Like they become all the different versions of the animals, and then you've got Arnie and Ripley having to team up to kill all these. Di- oh, <laughs> yes, you spilled rocks. <laughs> well, that is the end of Vincent Ward's Alien 3 and the cancelled movie report to go along with it. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we would love it if you could subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. It really does help us get discovered in the charts. It would also be terrific if you could give us a five-star rating or most importantly of all, tell a friend. Uh, We're completely independent here at Cancelled Movie Report so your support really does mean the world to us. Hey, what did you think of the movie? Did we miss anything? We would love to hear from you. You can always get in touch with us via cancelledmovies at gmail.com or at cancelledmovies on all the socials. And hey, maybe you have a cancelled movie project you've always wanted to hear about. Why not let us know? You can fill out a form in the episode description alerting us to a project and we may just give it the cancelled movie report treatment. I'm Michael Campbell. I hosted and edited this episode. Eden Porter was my co-host. We both produced the show too. And Sam DiLorenzo was the sound engineer. We would also like to thank our amazing cast, all of which you can find listed in the episode notes. Now, make sure you're listening next week because we're talking about a sequel that no one was clamoring for, Gladiator 2. Here is a sneak peek. There was actually a few different versions of it. And the version that that we are going to be talking about was written by Nick Cave. Oh, the musician. The musician, Nick Cave, of Nick Cave and the the Bad bad (laughs) Seeds. But until next time, take care.